Hey everyone, this is Steve Hernandez, host of the Waterwise Pro Podcast. I thank you for joining me today. This is episode number five. This is going to be part two of Source Water. Okay, we're going to talk about wells and some definitions, a bunch of good stuff. Okay, but uh, first, I want to say congratulations to the Patriots and congratulations to the to the uh, LA Rams too. They they uh, kicked ass this uh, season. And, uh, man, Brady is uh, something else, man. He's a freak. We, we all want to hate on him, right? But if you think about it, right, we always hate on the person that always wins, the one that uh, – the guy that's got all the money or the one that's got all the fancy shit, right? But really, it comes down to hard work, man. You, you, can't, you can't beat it. Um, and I was really looking forward to uh, the L.A. Rams outworking Brady and uh, their team. But it didn't happen, so um, the win goes to the ones that earned it most. Um, they shut down the LA Rams down to three points. That was uh, incredible, right? They had the, some of the highest scores uh, this season, the LA Rams, and uh, the Patriots held them to three points, man. So, uh, so yeah, that's just uh, just nasty, grimy, dirty work. So, uh, so yeah, much props to uh, to the Patriots for that. All right, back to business. Okay, so uh, the uh, last episode we left off was uh, source water. We talked about surface water. Now we're going to talk about groundwater. Okay, so we're going to just start digging into some. Some definitions, and we'll go from there. Okay, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, uh, how's wo- how wells work and groundwater and stuff like that. But uh, it's all about those vocab words. Okay, so annular space and seal. So the annular space and seal is a space between the conductor casing and borehole filled with grout material. Aquifer. Um, an aquifer is a natural underground layer of porous water-bearing materials, uh, sand and gravel. Uh, usually capable of yielding a large amount of water supply. Artesians. Uh, artesians are, a well, are wells or underground basins where the water is under pressure greater than the atmosphere, uh, atmospheric and will rise to the surface if allowed to. So, uh, so like we have an artesian well um, in our system in Watsonville, and uh, what that means is just basically you have a maybe a hillside adjacent to a well and the groundwater kind of just kind of goes with the terrain of the hillside so you have water that's kind of trapped in that hillside so if you have a well down below it's going to want to act as a spring okay so water remember remember water wants to seek its own level okay so uh, if you have water up on uh, a hillside and, and trapped into the ground um, water is going to want to push its way out at a lower level okay so that what we call it an artesian well or a spring okay Kona depression the cone of depression is a cone-shaped depression in the groundwater level around a well during pumping. Okay, again, this is uh, below ground, right below us. Uh, as we turn our pumps on, there's a cone-shaped uh, uh, cone shape that appears uh, in our water, our water that we're pumping into the pump. Okay, so it's a cone uh, shape around the pump itself um, of the water trying to enter the uh, conductor casing uh, into the pump itself. Okay. Conductor casing. What's a conductor casing? It allows water from the aquifer to the well and protects the borehole. Okay, so uh, as um, our drillers drill a hole in the ground, uh, they insert a conductor casing. Okay, that conductor casing is screened or slotted. Um, back in the day, they used to use hot knives or perfs, and they would perf holes in the casing. Okay, so they would uh, insert that into the ground. And that would allow water from the uh, saturation zone. The saturation zone is basically the zone of the earth that is saturated with water. Okay, makes sense, right? So then that water would enter into the conductor casing. And then we would insert our pump, whether it be a vertical turbine or a submersible pump. 
and then uh, turn the motor on we can pump the water out okay contamination uh, and I'm just going in alphabetical order I have a whole bunch of vocabulary words so we're starting with the A's and just making our way through the alphabet for for well terms okay so uh, contamination. Contamination is the introduction uh, into water of microorganisms, chemicals, toxic substances, waste, or wastewater in a concentration that makes the water unfit for its next intended use. Okay, contamination. Drawdown. Drawdown is the drop in the water table or level of water in the ground when water is being pumped. Okay, so that is the difference between your pumping level and your static water level okay so uh operator comes in the room flicks the lights on goes over to the hmi the hmi is the human machine interface okay that's the uh, the screen on the panel the electrical panel that shows you all the information that's going on at that pump station okay the pump is in off or it's uh it's not running okay and um so you're going to take a static water level okay that's when the pump is not running okay and then you're going to flick the pump on Okay, maybe it has to prelude, maybe it's a vertical turbine, maybe it's a submersible, and it can kick on right away. And then you're going to measure the pumping level. Okay, so the pump, uh, the, uh, the groundwater is going to drop in level. Okay, when you turn the pump on, the difference between the static water level and the pumping water level is your drawdown. Okay, that's the difference between the two. Hydraulic conduct, uh, conductivity is a measure of the ease with which water will flow through uh, geological formations. Okay, Non-potable means it's not fit for human consumption. And potable means it's considered safe for drinking. All right. Pumping water level. We just talked about that, right? Uh, the water level in a well with the pump. When the pump is moving, uh, moving water. Okay. Safe yield. So safe yield is the annual quantity of water that can be taken from a source of supply over a period of years without depleting the source permanently. Safe yield, okay? Um, got an example of this, okay? So I lived in a little town um, adjacent to where I'm at right now, okay? They had two wells. One was high in nitrate. The other one wasn't. So the one that was high in nitrate was going on, uh, under construction for a nitrate removal facility. And the second well was the only source for this little town. Say this little town had about 1,700 people in it. And um, so I was one of them, right? And so uh, so we got a, a, a do not drink order one day. And I said, well, what's going on? It said, um, due to high nitrates, okay? Well, we all know high nitrates cause what? Methoglobinemia, right? Blue baby syndrome, right? And so... Uh, we don't want nitrates in the water. It starves the blood of oxygen. Nitrates do, okay? And so I said, okay, well, what does that mean, right? So, um, well, what happened was um, they pumped one of their wells completely dry, okay? The one that wasn't high in nitrates, they only had one source uh, source left, groundwater source left, and that was the one well. Well, they overpumped it. Um, they have uh, exceeded the safe yield, okay? And so what happened was they had no other choice but to deliver the high nitrate water uh, to the city, okay? And um, that nitrate removal facility um, basically lost some funding. And so kind of that project was kind of dead in the water, per se. And, uh, yeah, so they only had one option. That was, again, the uh, the well with the high nitrates. So, um, unfortunately, uh, it, ha it happens, right? We talk about these, um, these terms and these scenarios uh, that could happen. And uh, unfortunately, they, they can and will happen if uh, we're not mindful of 
what's going on in our sources. We're not pre-planning. We're not thinking long-term. We're not planning long-term. Um, and we're not um, utilizing our resources to the best of our abilities. Okay, so safe yield. Safe yield is the annual quantity of water that can be taken from a source of supply over a period of years without depleting the source permanently. Okay, remember that one. Sanitary seal. Sanitary seal, it protects the well from contamination. Example is between the uh, pump head and concrete pedestal or the borehole and the well casing. Okay, so it could be that uh, rubber gasket between the uh, pump head and the concrete pedestal that our pump head sits on. Um, or it could be like a concrete uh, kind of like a bumper or, or a kind of curb around the uh, pump head on the concrete pedestal. Sanitary survey. Okay, a sanitary survey is a detailed evaluation and or inspection of a source water supply and all conveyances, uh, storage, treatment, and distribution facilities to ensure protection of the water supply from a pollution source. Okay, a sanitary survey is done every three years. Okay. If uh, an if an agency got an outstanding report, okay, so uh, the district engineer comes out from the state and they're doing their inspection, okay, and you get an outstanding report. We had nothing to find, right? There's no issues. They say, hey, you know what? We'll see you in five years. But um, we almost want them to find stuff so that we can correct ourselves. We can kind of keep keep us um, just kind of on our toes and make sure that we are doing the best that we can to ensure public health and uh, public safety within our customers, within our systems, okay? So um, it's not that we want them to find anything, but um, we do want to be called out on certain things if, if we're not uh, up to par with, um, again, public health, public safety. So sanitary survey is done by a district engineer every three years. Uh, if we get an outstanding report, it could be every five years, okay? So remember that one. Specific capacity. Uh, specific capacity is the amount of water pumped in gallons per minute divided by the drawdown in feet. It's expressed in gallons per minute per foot and is also called the specific yield. Static water level. Okay, so we said the static water level was the water level in a well when the pump is off, right? What's the difference between the pumping level and the static water level? It's the drawdown. All right. So yield, what is yield? Uh, it is the quantity of water that can be collected for a given use from the surface or groundwater sources. The yield may vary with the use proposed, with the plan of development, and also with economic considerations. Okay, that's the yield. That's how much you can expect out of a source. Water table is the upper surface of the zone of saturation of groundwater in an unconfined aquifer. And the zone of saturation is the soil or rock located below the top of the groundwater table. By definition, the zone of saturation is saturated with water. Makes sense. All right. So wells can be dug, bored, driven, drilled by percussion, cable tool, or hydraulic rotary. Uh, conductor casing is sized based on how much water is desired. Um, the uh, casing is normally four inches larger in diameter than the pump bowl itself. Okay, the pump bowls. Right. Uh, I remember the uh, so if we're talking about a vertical turbine pump, the uh, the pump itself has bowls or stages. Right. What kind of pump is that? It's a, a centrifugal pump. Okay. So the centrifugal pumps have impellers. Right. In each one of those bowls or stages. Okay. So the more bowls, more stages you get, you get more output. Right. Um, so again, um, 
we have the uh, they're drilled the wells are drilled we insert the casing okay uh, the casing has a slotted bar um, wire wound um, nice nowadays they're nice stainless steel screened uh, slots so that the water can come into the uh, casing and then uh, we insert our pump or our straw right we just pump it up we suck it up right just like a cup and uh, yeah there we go that we get uh, we get nice clean water out of that thing right so so AWWA 654 disinfection method is uh, 50 parts per million, and that is a minimum residual for 24 hours contact time, okay? And that is for putting wells back into service, right? Safety around wells is important for two reasons. We want to prevent contamination or pollution, which can ultimately affect public health. Also, good housekeeping is important to prevent accidents to operators or employees. Uh, location of wells needs to be considered. Um, geology, uh, geology or hydrology needs to be considered to determine if the well will provide adequate water supply and good water quality. Uh, example of that one, we have a well um, that we uh, test uh, test ran, right? We uh, did some pilot testing with uh, one location, had no issues with it, and I said, okay, this would be a great, great location for a well. It's going to put out lots of water for us. We we're expecting about 1,800 gallons per minute of nice, clean water. And uh, we moved from the uh, pilot testing hole about 50 feet over, and uh, we in we installed our new pump. Right again, we were expecting all kinds of water, and it was high in manganese. Okay, so it was one of those things where we we didn't anticipate that, and so what we had to do was install a, a manganese removal facility for that well site. Uh, it was added cost after the fact that we didn't uh, foresee even with the pilot testing, but you know, it happens, right? So uh, geology and hydrology needs to be considered. Uh, locate wells in a suitable area away from potential pollution sources. Also new wells, uh, no sewers should be permitted within 50 feet of any well. Um, the well must be located within 100 feet of any sanitary or storm sewer under gravity flow. Special pipes and fittings must be used. So Sewers must be constructed using uh, ductile iron pipe, at least class 150, and mechanical joint fittings. The protective zone is the 200-foot radius around the well that protects from any potential contaminants, okay? And that is the protective zone. And so uh, no two wells are alike, okay? So we have, uh, you know, we have different types of wells in our systems. We have uh, vertical turbine pumps. We have um, submersible pumps, okay? And um, they all kind of look differently. They could be indoor. They could be outdoor. Um, the vertical turbines, they're required to be pre-lubed, right? They could be oil or water pre-lubed. Submersibles don't need to be pre-lubed, right? Everything's underground. The, uh, the motor, the pump's underground. And so they can just kind of start on demand. They don't have to be pre-lubed. So you have basically your pumping water comes up to your pump head, and then it goes into a discharge pipe, okay? Right after the, the pump head, you're going to have a sample line, okay? Because you want to take a sample line of raw water. You don't want it to be after you're adding chlorine to your well site or after it's in the distribution system, right? So you're going to have a raw water sample there. It's going to go to an air release or vacuum release valve um, to burp out any air, right? So that the, uh, the well can basically breathe too. It's going to go into a meter. After the meter, is going to have a check valve or maybe even a clay valve that regulates flow and pressure going out into the system. And then it's going to have an isolation valve. Okay, so uh, always remember that the um, the the isolation valve is always downstream from the check valve on a well discharge assembly. Okay, let me say that again. 
the check valve is always upstream from the isolation valve in a well discharge assembly okay so that just means as the water is pumped up up to ground from the uh, into the pump head out the discharge pipe it's going to go through the check valve first then it's going to go to the isolation valve then out into the system okay we, the reason why we have it that way is it so we can isolate uh, any water from going backwards and we also have a check valve uh, as a uh, kind of like a backflow preventer right we don't want system water going into our well flooding out our well getting chlorinated water into our well sometimes remember we talked about groundwater under the influence of surface water maybe we have bacteria maybe we have organics in our wells now it's mixing with that chlorinated water from our system we don't want that to happen right because we're going to have potential dis uh, disinfection byproducts okay we don't want that to happen so uh, so yeah so we have a check valve and an isolation valve all right we have three different types of public water systems uh, in the safe drinking water act right the safe drinking water act um, basically says that there's three different types of public water systems the first type is community water systems the community water system means that there is a system for the provision of piped water to the public for human consumption that has 15 or more service connections or regularly serves an average of at least 25 individuals daily at least 60 days out of the year. All right, I'm going to shorten that a little bit. Okay, A community water system has 15 or more service connections or at least 25 individuals daily for 60 days out of the year. Okay, That's a community water system. So when we think community, just think uh, large in size. Okay? Non-transient, non-community water system. That's the second one. Okay, Non-transient, non-community water system. So the word transient means they're just passing through. So non-transient means they're not just passing through. That means they're coming back. Okay, non-community means it's not large enough to be considered a community. It's a small, uh, small group of people. Okay, so non-transient, non-community is less than 25 residents over six months. This would be like a school in a rural area. So we have a community water system, and now we have a non-transient, non-community water system. And then transient, non-community water system would be like a restaurant, campground, or hotel. Okay, so that's me going down doing classes on the five freeway south. Okay, stop off at a gas station, maybe have their own well. If I go in and use the restroom, they have no paper towels, I'm going to be a little upset, right? I'll never come back, okay? So I'm, I'm just a transient at that point. I'm just passing through, okay? Never going to see me again. I'm not going to stay overnight. I'm not going to be staying there, going on vacation, okay? Transient, non-community, okay? Uh, one more time. There's three different types of public water systems, okay? This is going to be... A test question on every single state test that you take your d1 through your d5 or your t1 through your t3 uh, t4s whatever three different types of public water systems community non-transient non-community water system and transient non-community water system let me ask you this one we got a uh, resort in i don't know let's say uh, big sur okay Big Sur is a beautiful place on the central coast, okay? We have a resort. They have one well. They have uh, two service connections. And those only two service connections go to their resort. And they house 100 employees all year long, 100 employees, um, but only has two service connections. What are they considered? They're considered a community water system because, remember, a community water system says 15 or more service connections. Well, they only have two. 
or an average of at least 25 individuals daily for at least 60 days out of the year. Okay, so that's only uh, two months, right? So if they're housing 100 of their employees for the year, that's a community water system, okay? So, uh, yeah, get a little tricky on those, okay? But remember, there's only three, community, non-transient, non-community, transient, non-community, okay? So uh, that's all I got for uh, part two. Um, put down about 20 minutes right there for you guys to review. And uh, that's wells for you, okay? That's just a, a brief little description for wells and some some terms, okay? It's 11.57 at night. I'm going to go to bed, right? And uh, get it tomorrow morning on Monday. Hope you guys aren't calling in sick from that uh, Super Bowl Sunday, all right? All right, talk to you later, all right? Peace. <laughs>